0: We literally would would not be together probably today uh, were it not for uh, the, the grace and the compassion and the skillful counseling that we received.
1: We also had good family support that were not saying, well this, they were not choosing sides, they were pushing us back together.
0: We were out of ministry for 10 months and quite frankly at Given the circumstance and situation that we had gone through, I, I truly believe that we would likely never go back into ministry again.
2: Hey everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we believe that the healthiest ministries are led by healthy pastors who are in a healthy marriage. If you were with us for our first interview with Phil and Cheryl Hager, uh, I'm sure you were burdened by their story, a story of brokenness, but also I wouldn't be surprised if you felt lifted as they began to share how their commitment to each other, their solid devotion to Jesus, and Cheryl especially talked about their ser- the seriousness of the vows they made to each other, which oftentimes matters more later in, in your marriage when you're in a crisis, and, and how these pulled them out of what could have been a statistical disaster, uh, so great story, and I'm excited to continue that conversation as Phil and Cheryl talk about some of those key moments, you know, those, those hinge moments that brought about revival, uh, first in their own souls, but also eventually spilling over into their marriage. So let's join that conversation. Back with Phil and Cheryl Hager, uh, having listened to the story of the breakdown of their marriage while they were serving in ministry, and if we stopped here, it'd be depressing. Yes. And you all are obviously here in this office serving a district. You're a pastor to pastors. Something happened. Uh, there, there's obviously a story to tell here. It's very redemptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very restorative. Let's talk about that now, Cheryl. What, what were some of the could you identify some of the key things that began to give you hope as as you were going through this? Uh, as you were in that dark time, what, what kind of light started to show?
1: Well, we talked about how important the counseling was, um, mm-hmm. and we both took that seriously. But we also had good family support that were not saying, well, this." they were not choosing sides. They were pushing us back together, and I applaud them for that. Mm. They... They reminded us to, to work hard and, and to do whatever it takes. Yeah, because we, we hear stories often oh, yes. of
2: advice from families or friends saying,
1: get rid of him, him and, yes. yeah, you,
2: you can do better. And Yeah.
1: So I would say that those two pieces were really important. Mm. And um, what happened right after everything blew apart was we decided we better get our house on the market. And we called family in Florida and... I came up with a teaching job, and we went down there uh, for just a few months to just continue to... You're, you're, you're together at this we point. We are. Okay. We weren't, we weren't apart that long, mm-hmm. just a, a few weeks. Okay. Um, but then we went for the counseling. Then we went after uh, the first of the year of 2007. And the
2: counseling was how long that... that- Season. It was at
1: least six weeks, and, but we always kept in touch with yeah, him on the phone okay. after that, even weeks. To if, if you had
2: not been at that place for six weeks, you oh. probably would not have been together no. during oh. that time, would you? Oh, let alone, no.
0: Let alone afterwards.
1: I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No,
0: I, I. we owe everything. Uh, I mean, we owe everything to two two individuals. First and foremost, to the Lord Jesus Christ, because mm-hmm. because he was obviously the one guiding and orchestrating mm-hmm. all this. But... Mm-hmm. But to uh, Brad Mason, who was our counselor, um, I, I can't say enough for Brad and for his ministry. We, we literally would, would not be together probably today uh, were it not for... Uh, the, the grace and the compassion and the skillful counseling that we received to get us through that chapter of our life. I think it will be
2: important mm-hmm. that we get the link for that ministry and put that on the, the podcast website. So okay. I'll make sure to get that from you uh, sure. a little later. Okay, so so that, the family, friends, the word, mm-hmm. uh, what else started to give you hope?
1: Well, when we got down to Florida for this, you know, we sold our house and then we were in this little tiny uh, vacation home um, just for four months. Uh, we went to a church that we could not wait to get to each Sunday. Hmm. Um, the word was great. Um, it was like they were speaking just directly to us.
0: I think we should get a link for that church too. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> let let me cool. interrupt again. Yes. I, this is embarrassing um. again because, because it's obvious that my wife was processing in a much more healthy way than I was through this chapter of our journey, but Uh, Even after the counseling, I I was on my way back uh, to where I needed to be. But I was still dealing with some anger issues. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we got to Florida, and we found an Assemblies of God church that we just started attending that at that moment in our life was everything that we needed. Mm -hmm. And as Cheryl said, it was as if God had, by design, orchestrated the events to put us there for that period of our life And um, we were literally in that church every single time the doors Mm -hmm. were open for Mm -hmm. prayer meeting, for services, for you name it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I must, the preaching of the word of God, the
2: Mm -hmm. atmosphere, uh, the Lord met you obviously in in worship. Uh, What role did community have?
1: Um, Our community came a different way. We were in the church uh, whenever it was open, but our fellowship was with our extended family mm-hmm. that lived down there and then i was teaching full-time for the first time after you know dusting off the whole story we could go on 10 mm-hmm. 10 podcasts mm-hmm. about this but god allowed for provision to use my teaching degree which hadn't been ever mm-hmm. taught full-time uh, on that i was always a mm-hmm. substitute and i just brushed it off and they said okay here is your full-time job, and we're going to give you a signing bonus for $1,500. And it was that kind of provision to us. But our, our support was our family and then the new teachers that I was working with, pretty much. And this is the piece
2: we talked earlier about the motive of you know removing someone from ministry. This is the part where you realize, yeah, it was healthy yes. for you to not be in vocational ministry because it gave you a chance to, to rest, to regroup... And to, uh, and to engage with each other without ministry being a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to get through the anger. Um, Phil, at what point, as you look back, what was the turning point? And, and maybe the way I could, I could couch this, I, I talk a lot about the gospel, the role of the gospel in, in restoration. Uh, there's a point where there's a death that ta- takes place and a resurrection. I mean, that's the power of the gospel. Uh, when what Jesus did on the cross, you know, his, his life, death, resurrection uh, and, and the power of that and, and the forgiveness that comes from that and the healing comes from that uh, really penetrates and, and impacts brokenness in marriage. There's, there's new life. What did that look like for you, Phil?
0: Well, this was one of the ways... Because you which, had to give up that anger at some point, didn't you? Well, yeah, and it was a process. But this was one of the ways in which God really orchestrated things. Because we were out of ministry for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, at, given the circumstance and situation that we had gone through, I, I truly believe that we would likely uh, never go back into ministry again. Mm-hmm. We, we really... Felt at that point that that probably was it for us. That'd be understandable. And, um, but but uh, one of the Sundays that we were in this particular church, the pastor preached a message, and it was almost as if he was speaking to just me and no one else in the audience, mm-hmm. even though there were hundreds of other people mm-hmm. in the auditorium that day. And um, after after the service. Um, I, I sent the pastor just a very brief email mm-hmm. kind of explaining my my situation. And uh, I, I, I didn't say who I was, but I said that I had been an individual in ministry and we'd been attending their church mm-hmm. for a number of weeks, et cetera, et cetera. And um, unbeknownst to me, for whatever reason, I don't recall, but for that particular prayer service that week... Um, I didn't go to that Wednesday night. I don't remember if I was working or what was going on, but Cheryl did, and the pastor read that email. He didn't use my name, but he simply referred to a pastor up north and this email, and he asked the people in the congregation, to pray well, Cheryl knew exactly who had written that email, even though I had written it in anonymity. And and he and he invited me to come into his office and we had a series of conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dialogues, one-on-one, private, with mm-hmm. one another. Uh, and it was really that Sunday and that event that was a turning point for me. It was as if the Holy Spirit uh, was was uh, convicting me, almost like uh, I was getting saved all mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, that was really the turning point that mm-hmm. began to redirect us back to where we... Had come from and where we needed to go, but even better and stronger as we were moving forward. So, Cheryl, the first uh, healing had to
2: happen in the marriage. Yes. And that was starting to happen then. Yes. And then the healing in the sense of, um, again, being God's instruments. What are we going to do with our lives? What were you, did you think you might be back in ministry at some point?
1: You know, when other people go out, um, they don't have work. They have sometimes unemployment, but Mm -hmm. we had no no money coming in
2: and bills to pay and bills
1: and two kids in college by now. Um, I was only thinking about the next, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're gonna, how we're gonna make this work. And praise God, we were able to sell our home. Um, I really wasn't thinking that far. I knew we didn't deserve to be in ministry Mm -hmm. the way we were. Um, I I. Just kind of felt like um, we weren't whole enough or whatever. Mm -hmm. I did not feel like... um, At that point. At that point, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I, I just knew that we better get our act together... And thank God he was doing a work in us. Mm-hmm. So I really wasn't thinking that far ahead.
2: Yeah, but he was preparing you. He was. about healing. A he different was. Phil was starting to emerge.
1: A different Phil was starting to emerge, and a different Cheryl was starting to emerge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they met together. And they met yeah, but together. I love, I love the way you said earlier that your wedding vows were uh, one of the, the things you clung to. Yes. And it's, it's. I mean, we, we constantly need to renew our vows to each other. Right. And it's often... You know, I tell the story of the moment where I thought my wife was dying. It's, yes. it's like, you know, 15 years later, suddenly I take my vows seriously. Right. You know, we we kind of, you know, my my impulse when the pastor was saying these things is get this over with. I want to kiss her, you right. know. It's uh, I want to go to the honeymoon, you know. And but as but years later when you're in crisis, suddenly mm-hmm. you realize, wow, that was before God amongst witnesses. I got to take this seriously. Right. Phil, for you, it um, I know when you've told me this story, there was a phone call out of the blue, right? Where there was an opportunity for ministry again.
0: Remember, it's been 10 months now. Yeah. That we've been out of ministry. And um, I had started to get to the point where we were thinking about the possibility of entering back into ministry again. Mm-hmm. Um, you were feeling that good about what was happening. Yeah, we... we, we, we uh, that, that last four months or so of that 10 months was a really amazing, things were really starting Mm -hmm. to come together for us in our relationship, but they weren't coming together for us Mm career-wise. And I was starting to look at secular career opportunities Mm -hmm. and we were just trying to figure out where we were gonna live, where we would settle, what we would do, because I'd never done anything but ministry. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do anything else, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So we were just praying, waiting on God, trying to figure out what was going to come next. And I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to pick up my wife from school one day. It was the end of the school year. And my cell phone rings. And out of the blue, um, Don Bruce, who was the, the district superintendent of the South Pacific District of the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is Southern California, Arizona, and New Mexico, Uh, called me and I had known Don from the time that I had been in the Mid-America district office as church planting director and he'd been part of my church planting committee. He had now transitioned to become the district superintendent of the South Pacific district and we're in Florida waiting on what comes next. Mm -hmm. And my phone rings and it's Don Bruce, and he said, Phil, he said, we haven't talked forever but he says, you know, the the Lord brought you to mind and I have a church in Kingman, Arizona that seems to have your name written all over it. Would you be willing to consider it? Mm-hmm. And um, the interesting part of this story is that um, on my bucket list, I had always had a dream. To have your name on the church? Um, <laughs> I had always had a dream of someday having a winter home in Arizona mm. and a summer home in Colorado. Mm. So that I could be in Arizona during the cold winter months and up in the mountains of Colorado hunting and fishing during no. the warm months. <laughs> and I thought, wow, only God can do something yeah. like this. Yeah. And uh, I'm halfway to my bucket list. So, long story short, we ended up going to that church. Uh, it was a redevelopment mm-hmm. church. Um, um, and uh, we spent the next six years there. Mm. And then? Following that, what happened? Because you're here here now. Well, truthfully, we went to Arizona and uh, we both anticipated that would be our last stop. Hmm. That that would be where we would kind of finish our ministry Hmm. career and we would retire in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a great ministry in Kingman. It was a hard ministry, Uh though. And even that was uh, providential because up to that point in our ministry career, we had really never had what I would call a difficult church. Mm-hmm. Um, we we um, I mean, ministry has its challenges, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Really? But we had never had a difficult church. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed that, you know, we would go to places and God would bless and people would be saved and mm-hmm. the numbers would grow. Um, and then we went to Kingman. And God blessed, but every victory that we realized was hard fought Mm. with blood, sweat, tears, and prayer. Mm. And in retrospect, I look back on that, and we needed that chapter in our life.
2: I was just going to comment. Because
0: I don't know that I could have effectively been the kind of superintendent that Mm. I desire to be if we had never had the experience of being in a very difficult ministry.
2: Well, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pause it again because the, this is setting us up for a third podcast uh, interview, which I we're love. We're going to go on to 10. And yeah, we, we, I think we might do the 10 here. So um, we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here and then come back and uh, continue this conversation. Well, thank you for listening. And as usual, if you have any comments, any questions about anything that we've talked about today on this Before You Quit podcast, love to hear from you. You can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us, mitch at before you Quit. just write those three words, .us. Uh, love for you to tell others about this podcast. Um, hey, share it with your pastor. Uh, talk about it on Facebook. Uh, spread the word around about Before You Quit podcast. Uh, this is meant to be an encouragement. Uh, Great resources uh, for those in the ministry. So until next week, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we were told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, where Paul says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next week, stay encouraged.